This episode of YXC Underground is supported by Rob Romvi and his team at Romvi Wealth Management Group of RBC Dominion Securities in North Battleford. If you need someone to care for and invest your money, Rob Romvi is that person. Thanks, Rob. We're all really here because we love science, but I think uh, the insight that our teachers have really opens up new areas that we didn't really realize were science and stuff like that. Hello, I'm Eric Anderson. The voice you just heard belongs to Sam Maxson. Sam is a student in the Grade 8 Science Trek program. This unique class is featured in Season 4, Episode 10 of YXC Underground. Science Trek, students learn to view the world around them through the lens of science. Whether it's in the classroom dissecting earthworms or reading a novel on climbing Mount Everest, or outdoors exploring our city's river ecosystem, students are discovering how science impacts so many aspects of our lives. We take you inside the Science Trek class to meet its teachers and students here on YXE Underground. It's a beautiful June morning at Saskatoon's boat launch in Victoria Park. The sun is shining, there's not a cloud in the sky, and miraculously, not a breath of wind. It's been a really windy spring here in Saskatoon. The Science Trek students are beginning to arrive on their bikes from across the city. They are easy to spot thanks to their bright yellow backpack covers, and they are excited for the day's activity. Today, the class is practicing their canoeing skills on the South Saskatchewan River in preparation for a three-day canoe trip. They've brought their camping gear, including food and camp stoves, and can't wait to explore the river. what are we going to do? I think you'll be okay. Um, so today, our goal again is to get up to, to Yorth Island, and then we'll get there and we'll have some lunch and then things like that, maybe a little, some work as well. Uh, on our, we call it our island, but we know it's not. Um, gonna be really important today. You know, sun's always out, but we got to make sure that we're sunscreening up. We're taking care of each other in terms of looking for, you know, any kind of redness. Put the hat on. Lots of water. Remind your canoe partner to drink water today too, because um, you will feel it. You will feel it today. Okay. Um, I brought a little bit extra if we need, but um, hopefully you brought enough yourself, which will be really important to drink that. Um, Brian Gurney is excited yeah, too. To For the past eight years, Brian has taught the Science Trek program. The last four years, teacher Ashley Kahn has been by his side. Together, they are a dedicated and very creative teaching duo that loves spending time outdoors and discovering all that science has to offer here in Saskatoon. Along the way, just in case we need one of those. Um, hopefully, this will work out great. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take. Uh, a solo boat today and maybe actually that might be kind of fun at, at, if we can find some water today if you want to try a little bit of soloing in a, in a really calm spot it's a really neat experience we'll see if we have some time at lunch for that if I get real tired though you might be pulling me who's in favor of pulling me in there oh so many hands all right I got friends today that's awesome good awesome so um, thank you thank you Hattie we appreciate that as always we encourage you to have different canoe partners we know we know we, you like to be in a canoe with your friends but it's really hard to talk to them in the back. It's easier to talk to Science Trek is a Saskatoon Public School Division program based at Montgomery Elementary School, but you'll often find the class exploring throughout the city. It's a field-based science program that teaches students to view the world around them through the lens of science. In Science Trek, students find creative ways to tap into science in the classroom and outdoors no matter the time of year. It also helps to promote a lifelong interest in outdoor activities for the students who you will hear from in a few minutes. You need amazing teachers like Brian Gurney and Ashley Kahn to make such a unique program successful. They were kind enough to meet me at the boat launch well before their students arrived to talk about Science Trek and the impact it has on students. In the first part of our conversation, Brian and Ashley discuss what type of student applies for Science Trek and why viewing the program as a kindergarten class actually leads to success. I started by asking Brian how he describes the Science Trek program. 
Really, it is, I guess, the world of science. Really, that's what we try to focus on is we still do math, we still do social studies, we do all the things we're supposed to because we're teachers, we have to do those kind of things. But we try to look at it through the lens of science. And, um, you know, sometimes our science is, you know, sort of test tubes, microscopes, kind of that kind of stuff. And sometimes it's, it's this, where we're sitting right now, just taking it in, learning about the world around us and putting that science lens on it. But it's, that's the best I can do because until you experience it, it's really hard to understand. What, what, kind, of, what kind of students are, are interested in, in, in spending a whole year in this, in this unique program? Yeah, so we get various students who come into our program, but I think the biggest thing is is they like to learn hands-on or they like to experience while they're learning. So it's almost that doing while they're learning. So, you know, we get kids who are really, really into science and some who are just, they're starting to maybe get their feet wet, but through the year they're like, wow, they realize what science really can be. Um, and it's really that doing and being out in nature and being in the community and being in various settings. When you said what science can be, like, what, what, what does that mean to you, Ashley? Oh boy, <laughs> that's a tough one. You know, I feel like I'm still learning what that is and I think that's okay because I think science and what it means can, can change. So, you know, what Brian was kind of saying, it goes beyond that microscopes, test tubes. It's that idea. We talk a lot, especially this year, about citizen science. So that idea of what we do, our footprint when we're out in the community, in the environment, how that impacts the greater world and the greater, even Saskatoon area. So that idea of citizen science has really kind of been in the back of my mind this year. Brian, can you tell me more about citizen science? Yeah, so I guess it's that, that lens of, as a, as a person that's just in the world around you, wherever that might be, thinking about how you can kind of contribute to contribute to science so whether it be you know really diving deep and maybe going like on a bird count and contributing those numbers uh volunteering like say for example with like Miwasan here Miwasan is like such a great organization and they rely on volunteers to to collect data things like that but even just you know organizing like a cleanup you know for for a cleanup day for garbage uh, and things like that you're found in the park um and, and ultimately just sort of being being aware that what we do matters and usually the reason why you do the things you do, whether it be recycling or choosing to ride your bike instead of taking your vehicle, that kind of thing, it all matters. It all matters and it, it's all got a reason behind it and 99.9% .9 of the time, science is the reason behind it, right? Um, it feels good, all those kind of great things and, and you know, it, it's just... I mean, on a day like today, who wouldn't want to be riding their bike to work or to school, right? But it's just, there's, there's a reason behind it. And again, generally science is the reason behind it. So then, like, when, you're, when your students come to you then, like, at the start of the year, like, do they, do they automatically have it in them? Like, they, they understand, like, yeah, this is, this is important what we're doing, kind of why we're doing it. Or is that something that you teach? Is that something you can even teach? <laughs> you know what? I think some of the, some some have some have it. They do. Yeah. I mean, you know, we all are a product of our environment, right? Parents, community, grandparents, so on and so forth. And you know, some of them have that already in them. I think to a certain degree, and some of them uh, is it it just starts to build. And though teach it I, I don't know if you can really specifically like you can't sit down in the classroom and go this is you know this is why this matters yeah. to a degree you can because you have to kind of backfill the experiences that we have with some of that I like to kind of like that hard knowledge right facts studies that you know that kind of thing uh, articles and then you know in the news all that kind of thing but then the experience that we have whether it be you know exploring our watershed and understanding our human impact on it for example until you get to that place you don't really understand because you need that knowledge that we've talked about and wherever that knowledge came from, whether it be again a, like a, a document or, or sharing it from an expert in, our, in a field, but until you get to that place and actually see it, then they kind of go, oh, they have that oh moment, that aha moment where they go, okay, okay, I get this now. I know why this matters because before it was just, you know, my crazy teacher telling me that it was important, but now they, now they really get it, right? And I think... That's important, not even for kids, but boy, oh boy, I think we all can say we know a lot of adults that probably need that a little bit. Hey, and, and why do we do these things? Well, this is why. And then when they see it, it just sinks right in. And, you know, I think 
especially the last couple of years, we've really started to kind of use what Brian's talking about, more that experience piece and almost a buildup of it. So, you know, in September, first couple weeks of school, we just come sit at River Landing and we just ask them to observe and think about, okay, how do you think the landscape has changed over the last 100 years, 150 years? And they just really start to think about it and, you know, look at the way the river kind of landscape is uh, built up or flowing and then also look at the the buildings behind them and kind of do that but then a few weeks later we start to get on our bikes and actually travel through the river valley and I think they start to see those pieces connect and then as the year goes on and we you know venture out to the northeast swale or um, you know we venture to various parts of the city they really start to see how it all connects watershed environment kind of all those pieces I, I was just thinking like it's Saskatoon seems like such a, a perfect classroom oh, yeah. for science track oh, yeah. We, we, yeah oh yeah yeah oh we are we are people don't understand how blessed we are to have to have the river running through this and, and it, it needs our help believe me um, but you know the fact that we've got this corridor um, again I mentioned me Watson already like that idea of having this this protected area it was just brilliant back in the late 70s right and uh, we've got that as our mainstay but we've got you know the, all these great ideas coming up in into, into design and planning of our city city with you know having wetlands within communities already and using those to help with you know stormwater retention and flood mitigation and all these great things and we've got trails that get us on our bikes everywhere right we've you know, we've got the center of science at univer- the university with Innovation Place and the university itself, right? And we, it, it is, this is a hotbed of activity for us. And it, yeah, the, the, cl- the classroom, you bet. Like, we do have a classroom back in Montgomery, and we do spend our, lots of time there learning, we do. But when we can, you know, kind of get out here and, and really see it in action and, and meet with those people that are experts, right? Whether it be at the university, uh, and they're sharing their knowledge, or uh, learning, you know, you know, indigenous ways of knowing as well which is really important that two-eyed seeing is really really important because again we learn from those around us right if our students are kind of thinking okay Mr. Gurney Miss Khan teach us well we, we can do that to a certain degree right but you know they have to be immersed and kind of willing to dive into all this and really soak in and really take in all of these kind of great opportunities that are around us and they're kind of like sponges in a way of that that way and and that's kind of one of the biggest things I guess our students need to be as a sponge. You have to really be willing to dive in and and just just take it all in. Yeah. yeah. When, when when they are when they are diving in, like like you said, Ashley, the the first few weeks, you know, you're you're getting them outside a bit and stuff. Um, is there like are are they willing to dive in head first, or, or was was there like I'm just trying to picture a student, you know, you've been in your in a classroom setting for most of your life, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, let's come hang out at River Landing for a while. It, does that, from a student's perspective, like, does it take a little while to sort of get used to, oh, yeah, this is, this is different? I don't want to steal Brian's words, but he often uses, like, a kindergarten analogy with it because it is an, such a new experience where not only, you know, the way we're learning, but also just the st- the other students and their peers around them it's all new and new teachers new peers new environment so it's kind of like that slow release of responsibility or of learning and and you know so some of them really need that slow release which is okay like we want that right but some of them you know maybe need a little less but as the year goes on like if we think about September now we're in June and we look at that growth and it's just amazing like it really is especially when we're sitting out here just thinking about them coming canoeing today it's like wow they've come so far and like they've done some great things through the year yeah yeah you know you know I think of it you know I'm a parent and you know I've got kids that are are 12 and 7 and you know um, I think of the fact that you know a lot of our students they get on their bike and they live I'm gonna just say I don't know let's say Lakeview and Montgomery's in the far southwest corner of Saskatoon. Most people don't even know where Montgomery is. We, we always say, well, it's near the dump, right? And they go, oh, I've been to the dump before. It's not at the dump. No, it's no, Montgomery it's is, it, it is fantastic. Take a drive through. It's unbelievable. Um, maybe you've been to the garage sale there. It's pretty famous. But, you know, the, the fact that they get on their bike and they, even in winter, some of them, get on their bike and they ride their bike from Lakeview to Montgomery. 
Like that's not a short trip. Most adults look at them and go, are you crazy? And then they look at their parents and they go, are you crazy to let them do that, right? Yeah. And that's that, that's that, just that willingness. And some of them just take it on and they grab onto those handlebars to use the analogy and they just don't let go. And they're like, I'm gonna do this. And we have some kids that they ride their bikes all the time. So you have some kids that ride them when they can. And then some of them just go right through the winter. And some of them it's new for them and some of it's, it's not new. And for them to just make that commitment and, and, and we teach a lot of that stuff too, right? It's, it's about building in, you know, those safety nets too, right? And we yeah. talk about how far they've come. You know, we wouldn't just say, okay, we're going to meet you at River Landing. Like the kindergarten rope kind of comes to mind, right? Like yeah. let's hang on to the rope together. So we go for rides together. We talk about situations. We talk about to handle riding your bikes, like in traffic, interacting with traffic on the path. How do you interact with people? Because they're kind of famous, actually. Even more famous now that they might even be sort of featured on this podcast. <laughs> I'm pretty sure of that. So they're kind of famous. Um, you might see them riding around. They have these, these yellow, bright yellow backpack covers. And people always say, oh, we saw your kids today. Or, hey, are those your kids that have those yellow backpack covers? We're like, yeah. And we always tell them they're famous. And that kind of gets them a little bit worried, but it also does. kind of pumps up their chest a little bit because it means someone's always watching. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, you you both have talked about like the how like the, the 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 growth that you see in in your students, but obviously a lot of that comes through experiences. And I I'm so curious, like, um, you know, we're we're out doing something really really awesome and cool today. But what what are Maybe what have been some of the highlights for, for you guys this year in terms of some of the experiences you've done out, either outside the classroom or, or, or within the classroom? Wow. Ooh, that's, that's yeah. a tough one. I mean... There's lots of them. That's yeah. <laughs> and, you know, kind of back to that citizen science, this year we've, we've worked a lot with Miwasan. Um, and so just volunteering with them and, and having that connection with them has been a big highlight. Um, just, you know, so students can see that involvement and how it's impacting the whole community so that would be one that stands out to me um oh so many yeah you know and the other the other side of it and we've talked about a lot being out of the classroom um and they and they and they soon enough they kind of blur together like one doesn't happen without the other right and but we have had some students that have done some amazing work um with um just kind of that that hard kind of learning where they're creating like proposals and things like that and they've entered into yeah. like contests and things like that uh to, you know for example about how to take care of our watershed or look in examining you know where those natural re resources come and what they go into to create the products that we we have today and you know we've had students that you know maybe writing wasn't their strongest thing or you know they just they just struggled with 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 elements of that and they've come away, come away with like top prizes in these things, and like like in in the nation, in, in all of Canada, yeah. and also in all of all of Saskatchewan against you know kids like themselves in grade eight, but all the way to grade twelve. And these are students that you know if you ask them before you know last you know last year, hey, you know you ever think yourself you know see yourself doing something like this? I'm I'm certain they would have said no. But even to this other part too, if you ask that to some of our students, like hey, did you ever think you'd be riding your bike to school every day or almost every day? No not a chance right and that's those are like as a teacher especially in a program like this and any teacher I mean, when you have students that have that kind of growth and they just they just become this this being right you can't even describe what it is that that's the cool part about all this right that makes you so proud so. um i lo i just both of you are so just enthusiastic. I love your enthusiasm because I think it does. It, it, I'm still drinking my coffee to matches. I don't even drink coffee. This is cranberry juice. I don't drink coffee. Can you imagine what it would be like in coffee? It'd be bad. I've never tried it. Never tried it. No, I'm not a coffee drinker either. I my but my mom always told me that um, when I was a kid that it would stunt my growth, and I always wanted to be an NBA player. And then I and then I I topped out at five seven. So. Well, you got me by like at least a quarter of an inch. <laughs> This is episode 10, season 4 of YXE Underground. My name is Eric Anderson, and this episode features the Grade 8 Science Trek program. Follow and listen to YXE Underground on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, yxeunderground.com, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. 
You can see some wonderful photos of the Science Trek class taken by my friend Rana Andres on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Simply search YXE Underground. to do that this morning so think about that as you put your canoes in the water and we'll let Miss Khan and Hallie get on the water first and then we can set off after them okay it's gonna be a good day As you heard Brian Gurney mention, students have to apply for the Science Trek program in grade 7 and then have their name picked in a lottery. Students come from different elementary schools across Saskatoon and most likely don't know many of their peers on their first day. That's why I was so impressed with how many students mentioned the sense of family in Science Trek. These students not only love learning about the world around them through science, but they just love spending time with each other. On this morning, students carefully stepped into their canoes and headed south to Yorath Island, which is where Rana and I met up with them for lunch. I'm Bryn Kaywood and I'm 14 years old. I'm Evan Ennis and I am 14 years old. I'm Julian Thompson and I'm only 13. How would you describe your year with Science Trek? Um, eventful, definitely. Uh, a lot of fun, too. And, I don't know. I like it a lot better than just normal school, so, yeah. Better than being at normal school, uh, that for sure. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's just been great uh, being out of the school lots and getting to do things that you wouldn't normally get to do. A lot better, it's also, again, it's a lot better than normal school and it's very adventurous. Yeah. Um, what what have been some of the, the things that have really stood out to you from, from Science Track this year? Like, you know... I think it's so cool what you guys are doing today, and yet today's leading up to something bigger next week. But like, what, what have been some of the things that have stood out to you about this year? Um, I really liked when we went camping a few weeks ago. Was it last week? Yeah. It was last week. And um, also rock climbing earlier this year. We, we did a rock climbing unit, and I had rock climbed in the past, but it was really nice to like do it with an actual like teacher. And yeah, I think that was a lot of fun. Also, just the beginning of our canoe, like, whole unit, when we were canoeing in the pool, that was really fun, because it was warm, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I think sort of sort of where we would get a, you know, take a uh, bit of a sample of other sort of sports and stuff and activities, uh, like, we've, we'd, uh, you, you know, we'd go out for a few weeks, uh, like, each a day, and we could do ping pong, and, uh, and we could, uh, you know, do practice that for a few weekends and then we could yeah go curling uh unfortunately that got cancelled due to covid but uh uh like the canoe trip as well and climbing skiing uh we've been yeah just uh getting to sort of go out and do these things and sort of practice them not just once but many times my, one of my favorite things with the rock climbing because i was get i was able to get over my fear of heights very nice. Tell me more about that. So what you, you're, um, you're, okay, yeah. So how, how did you, how did the rock climbing help? Well, I had to fall from a really high height. Like, I think I fell from 15 feet. Um, my name's Hannah Maguro, and I'm 14. My name's Ariha Habib, and I'm 13. My name is Victoria Darling, and I'm 13. My name is Zaleen Zatav Jadid, and I am 14. And it's your birthday today. Happy birthday. My name is Hilary Hay, and I'm 14. Okay, who would like to describe what is happening, what's happening right now? Um, right now, Zaleen is, has cooked some pasta shells with sauce. <laughs> so... Basically, what I did was Hillary brought um, pasta sauce, and then we put it in the pot, and then we cooked, heated that up, and then we put the pre-cooked pasta shells in it. And you have a camp stove with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's impressive. Thank you. Um, what what has um what has this year been like for for each of you, being part of Science Trek? Well, it's been like 
I like it a lot because we met new people, but it's also been really tiring because we've been like out of the building and doing lots of activities. Ready for a break? Yes, I am. <laughs> um, it's just, it's, yeah, I think this year has been the most like activities outdoor that I've done in a really long time, so. Uh, yeah, I like it because I don't like to be in a normal classroom just sitting all day, so when we're outside, it's <laughs> like almost unconventional. We're not sitting, just we interact with things more than we talk about them. Yeah, we've learned a lot of new skills this year, like for example, canoeing, and we've also been doing a lot of cross-country skiing, and I feel like these are skills that you can t like use all your life. And it's like really nice to learn these skills because I never knew how to do them before. And I feel like Science Track has just opened a bunch of activities and new opportunities for us. Yeah, I think it's been really exciting because it's like every single day we're doing something new and a lot of the things I haven't done before. And like Aria said, I'll be able to do them in the future and they're all really great activities and it's been really fun. My favorite was probably the wear challenge. It was about taking an everyday item you use and seeing how it's made and where it comes from inside of Canada. And I actually ended up winning the challenge for best creative in literature. So it was really cool for, yeah, it was a cool experience. Yeah. That she's leaving out for some reason. $125 for winning it. Whoa. Well, that's impressive. Tell me more about the project. So I sort of did poetry because there was an aspect that you could like do anything in literature that you wanted, but it had to fit like, I think it was a thousand words. And I ended up doing it about a stethoscope. And I just did a poem about it. It was like sort of a heartbeat traveling through a stethoscope and then I would stop and tell each part it traveled through and then I would explain where the materials came from, from that part. And yeah, I found out like this week, yeah. Wow, so, so, tell, so you wrote a poem about a stethoscope and then when you said like the, that, I think that's so awesome, um, so the, Tell me though, like, how does the heartbeat work? Like, how? Tell me more about the poem. So, basically, I started it off as like it was sort of in the point of view from a stethoscope because I feel like it'd just be a cooler aspect. And I started sort of started off with the diaphragm, like the part that goes on the chest. It's like the heartbeat enters the diaphragm, and then I stopped to explain what the diaphragm was made out of and where it came from. And then I moved throughout the stethoscope until like the ear tip. And then I did a sort of poem like that. That's, it was like, it was, it was awesome. And you won $125 for it. Yeah. What are you gonna do with all that money? Buy AirPods. <laughs> I'm Matthew Saul, I'm 14. I'm Ben Francis and I'm 13. I'm Kayon Lammers and I'm 14. Well, I've always enjoyed like biological science, like with zoology and botany and stuff like that. But I've I didn't really do anything with other types of science, like physics and chemistry and stuff. And I've come to appreciate that more. Yeah. So um, in my old school, we did a little bit of science, like some science experiments, which were fun, but really not not that much. And so when I came here, I really learned to appreciate like all the different types of science that I didn't really know before because like, everything you can kind of do relates to science. Uh, before I got here, I was really into like the aquatic science. And so when I got here, um, now I'm into like the anatomy of like animals and all of that. I hear you guys did some dissections last week. How was that? Uh, it was really cool to be able to actually see what's inside of a animal like rather than just seeing it up on a screen yeah. you can actually see it right in front of you and it looks different Very cool. Um, last question for you guys if if there are any kids out there listening to this and they're like they're thinking oh gosh like I've, I've never even heard of science check before but um, this sounds really interesting what uh, what would you what would you say to like get them to into the program uh, I was very hesitant to go into science check like because I had to leave my friends my school just far bike ride uh 
So I would say just do it. It's it's worth it completely. All the experiences that we've talked about and just everything that you learn. Yeah, so I would agree with Matthew. I was quite hesitant um, to do it because of the far bike ride mainly. Um, and But then when I did join, um, we kind of became like a, a family almost. Um, and you kind of learn like 27, 28 new, um, new friends, which is real nice. Uh, well, before like when I signed up, I really didn't really want to come to Science Track, but in the end, I I got uh, picked to come here, and I was about to say no, but then I said yes, and now I've made so many new friends. I'm Sydney Dybert. I'm 13. I'm Sophie McPherson, and I'm 13. I'm Hallie Parad, and I'm 14. Uh, I'm Hattie Cologne, and I'm 13. I'm Sam Maxson, and I'm 14. It's been a whirlwind. It's been like a ton of different experiences. It's just something new. You get to try a whole bunch of new things. Yeah. It's been really fun. It's really like go, go, go. It's not just always in the classroom. You're always doing something new, which I really enjoy. You're outside seeing the world instead of just in the classroom all the time. Yeah, it's been like a really great year, like Sophie said, like we're just out of the classroom lots, we're like doing lots of hands-on things and trying and learning new experiences. Uh, it's definitely fun. I like the environment here. Everybody's so friendly and don't really get bullied a lot. I mean, sometimes there's teasing, but... <laughs> uh, it, it's unlike anything there is anywhere in the world, I guess in my mind. And it's not so much you're with our peers, we're with our family. Okay, so you're the second student to say the F word, as in family. Um, <laughs> and uh, both both your teachers said it, though, too. So how how do you guys become a family? Because not, not every classroom becomes a family. So how do you become a family? We spend all day, every day together, and we do all sorts of different things, and we have to trust, like when we climb, we have to trust the person that's below us, because our life is in their hands. And so it's really easy with such a great group of people. Uh, yeah, so again, there's the trust thing, and like, kind of get to know everybody, and there's like no secrets, you know? Uh, everybody's your friend here. Um, you're just like with them every day, you get to know them really well. And like, as Sam said, like, you do lots of things together and you have to like trust each other. I think what also helped is like, we were all new to the school um, this year. So none of us really, a few of us knew each other, but none of us really like, were good friends with other people. So we kind of became closer in that way. And there wasn't as many like groups, we're just all friends so much so that we're like so close to each other. You're kind of all equals on that yeah. first day, aren't you? Yeah, we were. Yeah, like, we all come into it in the same situation, so from right from the first day, we already have something to relate to, and it's just, like, we're all here because we have things in common, so I think it's that's something that really connects us, and then, yeah. My name is Alexandra Drincino, and I'm 14. My name is Hallie Wolf, and I'm 14. My name's Alec Duncan, and I'm 13. Chloe Tran, and I'm 14. I'm Dan Wu, and I'm 13. And you have a lot of bread in your mouth. Yes. <laughs> Soon to be um, how, how would you describe your year with Science Trek? Um, really fun, exciting, like unknown. Yeah. Nice. Why do you say unknown? Well, a lot of things happen that are unpredictable. Like fun, just all of a sudden you can be doing this and then switching to tag. <laughs> um, I would say science check is very exhilarating because when we do trips like these you almost don't know where you're going or anything. It's mainly just the teachers trying to keep these things as surprises for us. Like these trips it was planned about a month ago. Like we didn't know anything about this. And when they told us, we were all so ecstatic about this that I feel like Science Check is just open for surprises and things like that. And it's just, you don't know what's gonna happen. Not even the teachers sometimes know what's gonna happen. 
The word I would use to describe it is new. Everything you do is new, no matter what. You could do, you could probably do almost everything the world has to offer, and you'll still probably be doing something new in science, Trek. I would say there's, well, yes, it has a lot of new things, but it's like, there's challenges as well. It's like, well, we all basically came here for a new challenge. That's like, well, came here for, yeah. Um, let's see. I'd probably just say it's adventurous because we've been going on lots of like canoeing trips. Well, not really trips, but like we've just been canoeing a lot and like other adventures outdoor. So I just think it's very, uh, how should I say it? What's that word? Um, yeah, I forgot about that word. It was just, just very adventurous. Yeah. Um, were were you guys really into science before you started Science Trek, or, or has this year sort of opened your eyes when it comes to science? I hated science. <laughs> <laughs> you hated science, and yet you applied for Science Trek. Yes. Yeah. Why? <laughs> well, it was more of the outdoor okay. thing that got me into it, but as you go on throughout the year, science does become more interesting. <laughs> This year, there's been a lot of new, like, um, science-y things, I guess you can say. We've done a lot more experiments on, like, class. We normally just, like, write notes and everything, but that's a cool thing about Science Track, yeah. Okay, so as someone who was really excited, and you loved it before coming here, um, how how have your, like, horizons broadened? Um, and what, what, like, how has it expanded? Oh, well, so, basically, like... It's like, because we, like, normal classes say, like, I think of it as just basics, but once you come here, like, it kind of extends, because, like, one day we might be going on the straight line, but then, like, we'll, like, get off track, which I would say is, like, a good thing, because, like, when we learn about more new things, and we'll come back online, yeah, we'll keep going, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot, like, you could be walking, and then, like, you see something, then Mr. Gurney could come up to you, and, like, he could just explain the whole thing to you. It could be very interesting. Sometimes, maybe a bit annoying, but most of the time, interesting. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, maybe, maybe. Well, it hasn't happened yet, so we're good, yeah. <laughs> You're listening to episode 10, season 4 of YXC Underground. My name is Eric Anderson. Don't forget to follow and listen to YXC Underground on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And you can listen to every single episode on yxeunderground.com. Please feel free to leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. I've mentioned a few times throughout the past four years that I was once a high school teacher. I only lasted two years as I quickly learned that teaching was not for me, but I really love speaking with great teachers about their craft and what makes them successful in the classroom, or in Brian Gurney and Ashley Kahn's case, outside of the classroom as well. In the final part of our conversation, Ashley and Brian explain why being open to new experiences is so important when teaching Science Trek and why teaching critical thinking skills to students is vital in today's age of misinformation. I started by asking them how they managed to teach the nuts and bolts of grade 8 while still doing all the fun experiences involved in Science Trek. I think about one example. We read a novel in the winter um, about Mount Everest and kind of a tragedy that happened on Everest. But through that study of Mount Everest and the reading that we do, um, we kind of pair that with climbing. So we go rock climbing. So students are learning terminology, reading terminology in their book, but also maybe applying it in that sense. At the same time, we try to, you know, create some scenarios outside in our own environment that might, you know, stimulate some connection to the novel. Um, and that could even be as much as a snowshoeing and, and cross-country skiing and pushing ourselves to the limits in that way. But we really try to pair maybe some of our outdoor experiences kind of with what we're doing in class so that we can see the connection as best as we can in our environment. 
Yeah, even, you know, you think of some of our winters, like we've had some pretty cold spells. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we were, I think of this year, we, while we were reading that book, we were outside, you know, building Quincy's, right? And so trying to ex- understand what some of those folks would have been going through, right? I mean, you never can walk in a person's shoes again. We can't do that, right? But we can tr- do our best to, to try to understand what they would have been feeling, right? Physically, mentally, that kind of thing. So they built Quincy's in the schoolyard. Um, they piled up the snow, then they hauled them out, and then they went in there and they read a little bit in them. They hung out and they had some snacks, you know, because they're teenagers, they like to eat, right? Let's be honest. And so that kind of stuff, again, just, just pairing those two things together, um, it, it just, it makes it happen. And then those the connections, they flow back and forth, right? It's not like the one thing has to start in the classroom. It might be something that starts out here and we bring it back to the classroom too. They just flow back and forth. Mm-hmm. And and so it does take a little bit of, it takes some thinking. And, and, you know, I think of myself in my early years of teaching, I don't think I could have thought that way because I would have been, like you said, what's next? A, B, you know, I guess equals C, and we should put some squares there yeah. if we're doing Pythagoras' theorem. But uh, I wouldn't have thought that way, right? But I think as you become more comfortable with the curriculum, you're more comfortable with yourself as a teacher and, and being sort of confident in your ability to plan and, and to know that, you know, it's not always going to go as planned. I mean, if you asked us, like, oh, did yeah. everything go as planned today? Well, it never does. It never goes as planned. And that's okay. Oh, totally. Because that's, that's, that, that's great. That Some of our best, I guess, learning outcomes have been from those things like, well, I didn't expect that to happen today. But, hey, here we are, you know. That, that, um, that's such an aha moment for me. And not that I, because I'm no longer a teacher, but I, I just, when, when you said to Brian about how sometimes what you do out in, in, you know, in our community and then you take it back to the classroom, like, I, I just... I just re- reflecting back on my two years of teaching and I was so young and just that, yeah, I didn't have the confidence and I didn't even think like, oh, I could think creatively like that. But there, there, is it empowering as teachers to know like I've, I've got all that room for creativity? Oh, I, I think so. Also, probably a little scary at the same time too, right? But I mean, yeah, totally <laughs> it is. It totally is because uh, it allows you to... You know, just sort of embrace the moment, I guess you could say, right? Like, don't be so scheduled that you're like, you've got, I mean, you've got to have a schedule. You've got to have an outcome. You've got to have an, 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 an aha moment that you want the kids to get to for the day, right? But how you get there, and if you, if you don't make that aha moment that day, well, that's okay, right? You're going you're gonna to take something away from that day that you can build upon, right? And if you surpass it, fantastic. And, and you just got to kind of keep that in balance and know that, okay, well, if the last time we went out and did this, we didn't quite get where we needed to go. Well, we might need to restructure, relook at the way we did things, try something different, maybe work a little harder, or spend a little bit of more time on it, and that's okay. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a newer teacher, so, you know, I think it's school seems very structured and you know that's what most people think think it is and not saying that this doesn't have structure but just I've learned a lot from Brian and you know he'll come in the office sometimes and be like okay I have a crazy idea <laughs> like, he always like kind of warns me you know, like, okay what would be a crazy idea oh I don't like <laughs> that's okay well, don't just say it just say whatever you want crazy okay. I yeah. I mean they you know Crazy ideas can be really good. So I'm <laughs> trying to think of an example off the top of my head. It'll be like, you know, a crazy idea. We should... Bike to bright water. Bike, to, bike yeah. into bright, bright water. Bike to bright water. Smart. And yeah. I'm like, okay. And then I have to kind of like process in my head. <laughs> and Brian brings it in with a lot of excitement. And usually it takes me a little while to like get there. But that's just, you know, that's... Everybody's brain works a little differently, but that's what makes it exciting to teach in an, a program like this. Do you, um, do you work well together with, with the, that balance of, of crazy ideas with, okay, how are we actually going to do this? Like, is that as simplifying the relationship or how, would, how does that work with you two? I think so. And I mean, we both like to be outside and be out in this type of environment. So I think that really helps too, because the kids see that and they're like, oh, it's okay to be a little cold and be outside, or it's okay that the wind's blowing you in your face while you're biking. Like, they see that we're both comfortable in that scenario, and that kind of instills comfort in them too, I think. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, and we do, I think, 
you know, again, there's some similarities too, right? But everybody sees things different ways, right? And that's, you know, that's another example of, of our world around us. And that's why it's great to learn from so many different people. And I learned the same from Ashley too, right? She, she's like, hey, I, I structured this thing that way. I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. I never thought of it that way, right? And, and that's one thing in teaching, I think, that people, you know, often think, or, or maybe that's traditionally the way it's been looked at, is you kind of close your door and you teach, right? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, more and more as teaching, you know, evolves, I guess you could say, is it, it, it goes away from that. Well, there's lots of collaboration. Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, I often think about way back to my early days of teaching and, you know, I had a mentor that helped me. She was in the next room. She was a grade eight teacher too. We started collaborating on, together on unit plans and things like that. And, and that's where you get your ideas. If you're expected to figure out this all on your own on teaching, oh man, that's going to be a tough one, right? You need to work together, um, borrow ideas, give people credit where credit's due and, and, and just evolve that way and let it happen. It, you're going to get better. You're going to change as a person too, right? With, with kids and just life that goes on. And that affects you as a teacher as well. So, How, how long have you two been teaching together? Oh. Um, this is my fourth year teaching in the program. Okay. So this yeah. would be four years. Four years. Yeah. Like, yeah, they learned, and teaching, yeah, four years teaching together in this program. And, and uh, I won't say how long I've been teaching because that'll make me, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I, I'm curious, how long have you been teaching, Brian? Uh, long enough that I have to pause for a moment and try to figure that out. I think I think this is year twenty. Okay. And and how many was Science Trek? Uh, long enough that I have to pause and think about that again. Is this year eight? Maybe okay. I think I could be wrong on that. I'd have to. Count. I don't. Even, it's it's too much fun. I don't have time to count. Yeah, the years go <laughs> like, fast. They do, right? Yeah. They do. I don't. Honestly, they're like you know people are like how many days left of school? I don't know. It's it's, yeah, it's 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 June, I guess. I, I don't know because yeah. like I, we don't have we're just too busy worrying about what's next. I mean, obviously, I, I say that with a little bit of humor into it, but because you do need to know what, where you need to get to. But I, I don't know how many days of school there are left. Yeah. So so that kind of goes back to yeah. how many years I've been teaching. It's just been too much fun, I guess. Um, we we talked a, a fair bit about you know the what kind of student applies for science track their their mindset going in. Um, I'm, I'm curious about you two um, have. Has the outdoors, has science, has that always been passions of yours? Like, it, is this, is this a dream job for you both, or was this something that you just sort of, you know, you start your teaching career and then it just sort of leads this way? This is definitely a dream job of mine. I didn't expect to be here this early in my career, so I'm very lucky in that sense. Um, I mean, I always grew up outside at the lake and riding my bike and being outside. Um, I actually went into university in kinesiology, so I have a science background more in health, human body, that sort of thing. Um, But through university, I actually got into education and then I minored in outdoor education at the University of Regina. I don't say that too loudly that I went to U of R (laughs) in Saskatoon. But anyway, um, so that I had some really great mentors while I was in university and also a really good peer group that sort of took it to that next level of outdoor education for me. So kind of when I left I was like I would love to teach in a program that was a balance of both in a sense right. So yeah I'm really lucky to be here honestly. Yeah Um, I I, kind of think it it is for this is pretty awesome honestly. Um, You know I got to say you've got kids that you know they've applied to this program. And so there's, a, there's, a, there's an interest there. It's kind of like applying for a job, right? They're like, I want this job. I want this job as a student in science trek. And that's kind of sometimes how we form it to them and say, you know, this, you applied for this, right? So you want this. So, um, so that is first rate. Like that makes, that makes this awesome right there because they're, they're great kids. I mean, all kids are great kids, but we get to really know our students really well. Sometimes we jokingly say, you know, we laugh together, cry together, and smell together uh, because we do, we do so, many, so many adventurous things. And we get to know each other so well. We're almost like family. You know, uh, they know each other's birthday. They know what their their best, you know, the food they like the most. We have a heated debate on pineapple and pizza right now going on in our classroom still after many months. Um, we get to know them really well, and, and that's what makes this job great. And if you ever asked me, you know, when I started teaching, you know, 20 odd years ago, if I would be in this position, well, no, because, you know, programs like this didn't exist. Um, I'm a product of Saskatoon Public Schools. I've been in Saskatoon my entire life, pretty much. And they didn't have programs like this when I was in school. And I think back to the days, you know, at Lawson Heights School. Um, what got me interested in science is probably what is one of my teachers. I remember Mr. Taylor. I was telling my students just the other day, um, we did a frog dissection in grade 8. And um, I somehow convinced Mr. Taylor to let me take 
sort of the anatomy structure of the uh, of the frog home in a jar, and I put it on my shelf. Yeah, okay, so sci you know, science nerd, right? Like, but and I was really active, and I wanted all sorts of things like that. Um, I liked being outside all the time, and and but I was really interested in things too. You know, just interested in the world around me. And I think that's the biggest thing for a science trek student, or I mean, any student for that matter. Just be interested in the world around you. Um, that kind of segues into, and you, you've both been very generous with your time, and so um, uh, I know students will be arriving soon, but there was one thing I wanted to ask you, and and um, I, I think in the last in the last couple of years, there's been so much like questioning of science just in general, and that, as, as someone who like loves science, and I, I don't know if I'm as big a nerd, Brian, as you are, because I didn't take the frogs home with me, <laughs> but but I, I, I love my science too, um, and, and it... I don't know. It's it like it's concerning to me, um, like just how much question of science there is. And so I'm wondering, like, do any of you, like, have have you, as teachers and of this program, do you feel any, like, extra pressure or added weight of like, yeah, like this is, really right now, like, what you're doing is really important. Um, you know, I've never really thought about that because, I think we just we kind of do it and adapt as we go. Um, but you know. If, if I reflect on that question a little bit, I think that footprint in the community is a little bit more prevalent than it would have been maybe a few years ago. Just, you know, people are spending more time outside. People are spending more time in the watershed or, you know, on the trails. So I think I have a bit more of an awareness and teaching more of an awareness than maybe I did before in that sense. Yeah. You know, I think, and that's, you know, we're surrounded by media so much too, right? Um, and that's one thing we really try to focus on with our students too is, is you know, you can't just take it for what it, you know, face value. Like you, you cannot believe everything you, you read, everything you see, everything you hear. You have to go and look at it and say, okay, well, this is what I know. And what I, and what I know I'm, I'm, I'm pretty solid on and pretty, pretty accurate. I think that's good good foundation. And then you have to make some decisions, right? And uh, that's 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 science in a way right there. I mean, you have to understand you've got, there are things that are, are pretty much fact. Again, science can explain pretty much everything, right? But there are things that, you know, we know that they're out in the media and there's things we see in the news and so on and so forth. And whether they be 100% accurate or not, we just want our students to go into that and, and assess, you know, what they, what they see, what they hear, what they experience and, and make some decisions based upon all that for themselves, really. That, and, that's what I think it comes down to, and I, I hope I hope that we've got them to think that way. And that, that's going to take time to develop, though, because their minds are still growing. They're still understanding that world around them. They're experiencing things that they've never experienced before, and they're going to experience a whole lot more in life, too, just as we all do here, right? And those experiences help build that knowledge base uh, that we can kind of draw upon to make those, you know, make those decisions about, you know, the the am I accepting this or am I not accepting this as fact or fiction or whatever in between. So yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. It's, it's, it is a little bit harder, I think, as we go along, but it's also more around us too. It's more, more available too, whether it be uh, completely solid information or not. So yeah. Um, last question for you both. You, you mentioned how um, you spend so much time together with, with the students and, and, and you, you are family. Um, we're in June. We have a couple weeks left. And then um, you say... You say goodbye. Oh, look at that! That's the family from the other day. Yeah, but how many did they count? There's, there's like they're over thirty. Over thirty goslings in there, I think. It's crazy. They're, they're right on the river behind us right now. Oh, that's so lovely. Sorry, um, so we, no, so cool. Yeah. No, yes. So we see, we see a family of geese behind us, and you have um, a family of students, and it's June, and you're about to say goodbye to your family. Um, how? How how do you how how do you guys feel about that as as you as you wind up uh, as you wind up a year? It's always hard every year saying goodbye to them, you know, like you, they see it too. And, but the best part is, as I think they come back and visit us, you know, like they'll come back or we'll see them out riding their bike or we'll see them when we're with our class. And so that's the nice thing about Saskatoon is it's like you say goodbye, but not really because the paths always seem to cross again. So it is super hard to see them go off and see how much they've grown but we know that we get an excited fresh bunch next year (laughs) we're ready to go and dive in too so yeah I think it makes it all all okay and all worth it for sure Brian how are you doing 
I'm good. It's, it's not. It's not. It's not June though. We we, we actually don't go into June. It's, it was. It's actually May like thirty somethingth right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just so it doesn't end. No. I mean, I get it. We we. It's been. They've been committed to a big part of their life. You think they've committed the last, you know, like, let's say nine and a half months to this, right? And and they've had to make some sacrifices in their lives, and their families have supported them. You know, on this journey. Like it's it's not just them. There's a whole group of people around them, including themselves, that have made this happen, and so they could grow. And it's sad. It's sad to hear the the years kind of coming to an end. But yeah, again, as Ashley said, there's a there's a new crop coming in, and and they get to experience this. One of the coolest things we do, I think, at the end, to show this idea of family. The family's just not from year to year. It's it, or within that year, it's two year to year. You know, we have we have students that you know again come back. They email us. They would like to come in and talk to our students, and these students might be in like grade ten or eleven or twelve or even beyond. And sometimes they want to come back and and say, hey, how are you doing? What are you doing? Um, you know, this is what I'm doing now, and this is what Science Trek did for me. Um, that's that's unbelievable that we have that kind of investment from those folks, and uh, it's uh, it, it really is kind of a a legacy, I guess, in a way. Each of the students that are here right now has done something for someone that's going to be coming after them. And then one of those students that has already moved on has worked hard for the people that are here today. And I think that's really important, that they know that they kind of have that little bit, it's a little bit of pressure on them, right? To, to make this work so that other people can enjoy it too. And they got to realize that other people have worked hard for them before them too. You, you guys are wonderful. I, I can't wait to see you in action today. Um, I, I've, I feel very lucky to uh, have been invited to um, hang out with you guys for a bit this morning. So, um, and, I, and I really admire your, your passion and especially like your, your creativity as teachers. That's like, yeah, that's pretty phenomenal. So thank you both for what you do. And, and thanks for being on the podcast. This is great. It's a beautiful morning and it's almost like you planned it, Eric. So. Yeah. It was wonderful. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we need some good weather for our canoe trip next week. You want to come along? Maybe you'll be the good luck, hey? No, I, I'm not good in a canoe. We've established that. You can figure it out. Don't worry. Trust, trust us. We can help you. Thanks, you guys. Thanks so much. Thank you. My thanks to Brian, Ashley, and the entire Science Trek class for their kindness and generosity in making this episode happen. If you want to learn more about the program, visit their website at sciencetrek.ca. This has been episode 10, season 4 of YXC Underground. My name is Eric Anderson. I host, produce, and edit this local independent podcast. And this is the final episode of season 4. So thank you very much for listening. You can find YXC Underground on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And you can find every single episode of the podcast on yxcunderground.com. You can also find photos from this episode taken by the wonderful Rana Andres on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search YXE Underground. And if you like what you hear, please consider giving the podcast a five-star review. Now, I want to say a few thank yous before signing off for another season. First of all, thank you to my cousin, Andrew Dixon, for the wonderful original theme music that you're listening to. To Saskatoon's Danger Dynamite for taking care of the website and always answering my uh, all my technology questions. I have lots of technology questions, so thank you, Danger Dynamite. To my good friend Rob Romvi and his team at Romvi Wealth Management Group of RBC Dominion Securities in North Battleford. Rob, you are such a wonderful supporter of the podcast. Uh, you are always willing to uh, to financially support episodes. You're you're always listening to episodes. You're such uh, just a, an overall wonderful support um, for myself, and you're one of the best people I've ever met. So, Rob, thank you so much to you and your team uh, for all your support, not only this season, uh, but throughout the past four years. Thank you very much. I also want to say thank you to CTV's Saskatoon Morning Show and CBC Radio's Saskatchewan Weekend for their help in promoting the podcast on their programs. It has helped spread awareness on YXC Underground, and I am so grateful for that. I also want to thank all of my guests from this past season for appearing on the podcast. It's not easy to share your podcast or share your story, (laughs) my podcast, but to share your story in such a public way. So I'm very grateful to all of you for having the courage to appear on YXE Underground. I really do appreciate it. And of course, to all of you for listening. The podcast grew a lot this past season. We passed 40,000 downloads, which is something I'm really proud of. 
for an independent podcast with no budget and done on the side of my full-time job. I think that's a really great number. So, uh, you know, none of this would have happened without all of your support and letting your friends know to check out the podcast. So thank you very, very much. I'm going to be taking July and August off to gather interviews and stories for Season 5, which will launch on September 8th. I'll do my best to sneak in a bonus episode here and there this summer, but um, my calendar is filling up with road trips, which is kind of exciting. Uh, my wife and I were going to Nashville to see Brandy Carlisle in concert. Uh, that's in July. And then in August, we're going to Toronto to see Jack White live in concert. So it's going to be a busy summer, but also lots of fun. I hope all of you have a wonderful and safe summer, and I can't wait to speak with you again in the fall here on YXE Underground. Uh, Before I go, I would like to acknowledge that these interviews were gathered on Treaty 6 territory and the traditional homeland of the Métis. YXE Underground is a production of the Salt Amber Production Company. My name is Eric Anderson. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon, Saskatoon.